listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel Podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora, and we are finally back. It's been a really long time since we've done an episode of this podcast. Uh, when we were last here, we were talking about She-Hulk, but uh, then Aurora started having a baby. and uh, <laughs> Right as we were recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly, in, in that exact moment, there's a... There's a hidden episode somewhere that'll never hear the light of day. That's not true, everybody. But um, for a hot minute, um, uh, our friend Jacqueline was filling in uh, to do a couple of episodes. But then a whole bunch of things sort of fell apart. And then I ended up talking. About, I think I ended up talking about the final episodes of She-Hulk by myself. Um, mm-hmm. So those are fun listens, everybody. <laughs> you get to hear one guy's perspective about the ending of a female-led superhero show. Um, I I don't know if you ever finished watching She-Hulk, but... I didn't. You didn't? Well, I wasn't a big fan. Um, Mm. Although we weren't, like, the biggest fans of the show. Like, there were times where we did really like it, but there were also times where we were like, eh. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't see any, like reviews that were like you must watch this it's amazing so i I was like no um yeah it ends it ends in the worst way possible because i talked Mm. frequently about how i didn't like the fourth wall breaking and like the end of the show is just like the ultimate fourth wall breaking if you've ever seen there's like a very famous warner brothers um bugs bunny cartoon where he breaks the fourth wall and like goes like into like the writers, like the animators' room or mm. whatever. Is, like, oh mad yeah, I, I've seen that. Yes, and is like mad at the animator or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like that. Like She Hulk goes to like Marvel Studios and complains about her show and mm. like how formulaic mm. the ending is. And she talks to Kevin Feige, although Kevin Feige is like a robot, like an AI thing or whatever. Uh, it's not real Kevin Feige, but that sounds like, like a like a South Park interpretation of this. Yeah, show. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. And the show kind of just ends with her deciding she's gonna make up her own ending to her own show. Hmm. It's I thought it was pretty lame. And hmm. then we got a really long break, and then we got an introduction to what uh this current phase of the MCU is gonna look like, and they listed a bunch of shows that are going to be airing this year. And the thing that was at the top of the slate was 
a second season of What If, which mm-hmm. you and I have sort of been planning for or whatever, and yeah. uh, they just stopped talking about it, and I haven't heard anything about it, and mm-hmm. the next thing I know, they're like, Secret Invasion's coming, and I'm like, that was the second thing you guys said was going to be coming. What happened to What If Season 2? I haven't heard a peep about it. And now Secret Invasion is here. So we are going to talk about that. It's episode one called Resurrection. Let's dive in to what happened. So we are in Moscow, which is ironically, as we uh, record this, in the news right now uh, (laughs) as well. Uh, So, hmm. Interesting timing. Uh, Talos, the Skrull, uh, you'll remember him from Mm -hmm. the Captain Marvel film. He is pursuing Everett Ross, who you might remember most recently appeared in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Although uh, he was also in, um, he's also been in a few of the other uh, MCU movies as well. I think he first appeared in Captain America Civil War. So Talos is pursuing him. Because he killed a CIA agent who theorized that Skrull rebels are plotting to incite a war between Russia and the United States. Agent Maria Hill arrives to assist Ross, but discovers that he is actually a Skrull imposter, and she calls Nick Fury. He's coming back to Earth because he's been hanging out in space in the <laughs> Saber facility. We learn that it's the Saber facility. We see him a little bit in there in the trailer for the Marvels. Like we see him hanging out there. And that is presumably where he has been hanging out for quite some time. So he returns to Earth and he does so to meet with Talos. Fury learns that Talos has been exiled from the Skrull Council and his former ally Gravik has taken a leadership position and has formed some sort of rebel alliance. Uh, Fury uh, is kidnapped then by MI6 agents and taken to meet an old acquaintance, Sonia Fallsworth. Uh, He proposes an alliance to locate another rebel, but Fury... uh, uh, is this what happens? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, they to, they propose an alliance to stop Gravik. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sonya refuses. Using a, uh, using a bug to eavesdrop on her and the Prime Minister, Fury and Talos locate another rebel. But Fury kills said rebel uh, well, uh, after failing to interrogate him. Talos reunites with his daughter Gaia, who acquired dirty bombs for the Rebels. After claims Gravik killed her mother Soren, Gaia reveals that the Rebels plan to attack uh, a, a place in Russia the, with a name that I can't pronounce. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Vos, Vosodina Square. I would give it a shot, everybody. On Unity Day and <laughs> marks the bomb's locations. However, Fury uh, Hill and Talos discover the locations are decoys before Gravik detonates the bombs. In the ensuing chaos, Hill is shot by Gravik disguised as Fury. Fury and Talos are forced to flee and abandoned the presumably dead Maria Hill. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like this is going to be a theme in this show that we will never know 
Who's who? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure <laughs> who's Maria. Who's alive? Like who's like, Yeah. I'm pretty sure Maria is Maria at least because when scrolls are killed, they turn back into scrolls. Um. So either Maria is not either True. that is a scroll imposter and Maria is not dead, or Maria is dead or Maria is Maria and she's not dead. There are many possibilities. <laughs> um. So any recollections or thoughts about the first episode of Secret Invasion? I thought it was um, slow. <laughs> yes. Plotting. Right? Yeah. I, a lot of setting up uh, mm. was going on, which I appreciate, but it it, it didn't, uh, compared to other Marvel shows, it didn't grab me as a show that I'm like excited to see what's happening, going to happen next. I'm, I'm interested, mm-hmm. but it's not like Loki. <laughs> yeah. I'm not disinterested in this. Right. Right. Um, it definitely, but I'm not like eager to see the next episode. Right, like so yeah. this this carries a lot of the same vibes as Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Like right. it's got mm-hmm. some of the spy espionage stuff going mm-hmm. on, which I dig. Like I'm not against it. Uh, I don't know. There are there are a couple of things about this that just don't grab me right away. And mm-hmm. one of them is I feel like they should have done a better job of setting forth the premise behind this because yeah. the last time we saw scrolls, basically, uh, technically we saw them in Spider-Man Far From Home. There's like mm-hmm. a little outtake right. bit or whatever where Hill and uh, Fury reveal themselves to be Talos and his wife or whatever, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. But... Like, prior to that, the only time we've ever seen them are in the Captain Marvel movie, and they are allies. They're good guys. And I get that the idea behind this is that at the end of that movie, the promise was to find them a new home, and that the idea now is they've really failed to do that. They're living on Earth, but they're not really adapted. So there's, like, a scene where Talos has, like, this flower from their home planet, that mm-hmm. has managed to adapt to life on Earth. And it's like a symbol to him that there's a hope that his people can also adapt to living here. But clearly there is frustration and they feel like uh, displaced misfits. And I, I like that as an idea. But one of the other one of the other things that I don't like about or I shouldn't say don't like, but it feels like we've just did this. In the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah, there were the group of people who were displaced by the blip, and mm-hmm. they wanted, you know, they wanted to make this place their home or whatever, and they were willing to be violent. Like it feels like we just sort of saw this sort of terroristic, um, yeah. you know, displaced people thing. Like it makes sense for the scrolls. Like I get it. But it also feels like we just sort of watched this play out. And we really liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And one of the downsides, I think, to this is, like, I don't hate Maria Hill. I don't hate Everett Ross. I don't hate Nick Fury. I don't hate Talos. I don't hate any of those characters. But I'm also not dying to find out what they're going to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they're not, you know, Nick Fury is an Iron Man. Uh, Talos isn't Captain Marvel. Uh, Maria Hill isn't Black Widow or, 
you know, Everett Ross isn't Captain America. Like these are just, um, they're characters that I like, but I don't know if I'm that interested in their story. Now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the comics, the secret invasion comic sounds really interesting as well, but they're going to not be doing what they did in the comics In the comics. It was more of a full blown scroll invasion and they were more of the direct bad guys. And not only were they taking over people in high positions of power, but they were also impersonating superheroes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, uh, they were doing like experiments and stuff to try to like, you know, turn them into super soldiers. Now, apparently there are some highlights uh, or in some promotional footage that there are some clips of some scrolls with abilities. So it's possible that they might be doing something similar to this. But I like I don't think we're going to see like an imposter Thor or something. That would be uh, cool, though. It uh, would be cool. Like that was one yeah, of the cool yeah. things in the comics, apparently, was like yeah. this. You know, you don't even know if your superheroes are your superheroes. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it is creepy, like the idea that they could be anybody. And yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just they're going to have to do more work to hook me in. Because while mm-hmm. I like these characters, these are kind of like side characters. Now, most yeah. of them are important side characters, but it's never like, you know. God, I really want to know what Nick Fury's up to. Like, right. what's, you know, what cool thing is he going to do here? Like, mm-hmm. those thoughts never cross my mind when watching Marvel stuff or MCU things. Like, he's an absolutely important character, but he's like a structurally important character. Right. It's not like a, a feature that I really want to see. Like, I'm I'm far more interested in the stories of the heroes or whatever, not not the office manager's that mm-hmm. you know put the, the heroes like together administration. You don't, you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like the winter soldier film had great like it had this vibe in it and it was it's one of the it's still one of my favorite mcu movies it's still a top five mcu movie for me i think it's brilliant and that they're going for that vibe is great and i think that they're probably going to capture the feeling of it but it's n- it's not going to have the same punch, I don't mm-hmm. think, because I mean, and I could be wrong. Uh, I, again, this is a first episode. We're just yeah. dipping toes into it, but but I, but I do feel like the the previous Marvel shows have done a good job at setting the tone of the show in the first episode. Yeah, so that's why I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Uh, but maybe yeah. I'm, they proved me wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I. Mm. I'm not sure if, like, right now, the feeling I get is slow. I don't think it's going to yeah. always be slow, but it certainly was kind of slow out of the gate. I freely admit I found myself a couple of times looking down at my phone, getting distracted, mm-hmm. doom scrolling a little bit. Yeah, me too. And. Like, that's never a great sign. I should be good and professional and put my phone down and just watch the show that I'm going to watch. But uh, it was really hot. 
and my room had air conditioning <laughs> and my room also has a bed in it. So I was just laying in my bed watching TV. It's not the most professional environment to try to watch something <laughs> in for your podcast. And instead, uh, I ended up looking down at my phone a couple of times. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad episode. It wasn't a bad no, start. Yeah. It, right. Obviously, they've got this big thing that happens at the end, although mm -hmm. I am skeptical, given the nature of this show, right. if Maria Hill is actually going to be dead. I think it would actually be good for the show to do that, uh, to kill off like a... Yeah, that will be, yeah. A, a well-known character, because it's one that is so closely tied to him, uh, to Nick Fury, and if they want to present this uh, this group... Uh, as a danger, not only to him, but to other people, killing off an established character for good is a good way to do that because it lets the, your audience know like, okay, this is serious. Like things can happen in this show. Mm -hmm. And even though there's going to be plenty of who is it, who, you know, it, can we trust that this is, this person is who that they, uh, who they say they are. Uh, obviously there's this father daughter dynamic thing happening mm -hmm that's kind of tropey, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Amelia Clark is in this, although. Yeah. Only I was going to say, yeah, I'm, briefly. I'm glad that mother of dragons made the yeah. jump to uh, Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she's, so she's in here. We get a little bit of like roadie. We see a little bit of Don Cheadle in here for a little bit. So there mm -hmm. are some other cameos and I think there will probably be others. I think, I, I don't really know. It was it's weird to see Olivia Coleman in here, uh, yeah. but also pretty neat as the head of MI6. So like it's a really good cast, mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into an amazing show. But I hope I hope that it does uh, yeah. as we sort of continue forward. And to be fair, the uh, the MCU sort of needs need some bangers after Ant-Man Quantumania was kind of just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 I thought was great. So hopefully uh, we can sort of continue the trend. I know people have very mixed feelings about the last phase of movies. Uh, although I thought a lot of the shows were hits yeah. for the most part. So especially the early on ones. But uh, I thought most of them landed pretty well so yeah willing willing to keep going with the flow and see what mm -hmm. we've got here but like not the worst start but not the best start either uh i, I will say i'm not that hooked that, but i am interested i will say that that the last scene before the explosion where we see the person like shift from person to person to person yeah that was cool that I was cool that. yeah and yeah. If Maria is dead, this is something to chew on. Not that it necessarily matters because she's dead. But the last thing she saw was Nick Fury shooting her. Right. right. Which, again, if that's true, like, that's something he's going to have to, like, wrestle with or whatever, too. So I think that there are some interesting things they're setting up. It's just as a whole, I wasn't super hooked. Uh, mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. show. So anyway, Agreed. final, any final thoughts on episode one and what would you give it? Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Okay. Um, I did find myself, uh, I don't know. I felt a 
little bit uncomfortable watching this, especially the explosion scene and everybody screaming with mm-hmm. everything that's happening in the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm 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 interested to see how they where where they're going to take this. Yeah. Um, I gave this episode a three. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a three as well. A, yeah. A very light three, but mm-hmm. a three. It was good. Um, willing to see where it goes from here, obviously, because that's the whole point of the podcast. But like, as an MCU fan in general, willing, to, you know, I'm willing to to let this continue to play out. I have heard uh, very vague mentions of like uh, the show really picking up speed at at, mm. at a at a certain point, but um. You know, that's sort of that's sort of all I've heard about it. So mm. uh, that can mean many things. <laughs> that could mean anything at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody. For now, that is the podcast for this week. But in the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Of course, this is a listener-supported podcast. There are a couple of ways you can help out there if you so choose. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for those will be in the show notes for this uh, episode. I am currently trying to brainstorm some new ideas for, uh, like, Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. merch. So uh, maybe next week I'll have something to talk about for that. But for now, uh, the links for those things are in the show notes. And also you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hit subscribe. And that way you can join us next time to hear us talk about Season 1, Episode 2 of Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. <laughs>